Good day, and welcome to the Salisbury Pediatric Associate Health and Wellness Newsletter Audiocast. I am your host, Dr. M, and this is issue number 22, which corresponds with May 16th of 2022. All right, so it's time to put aside the overloaded science side of my brain and open up the underutilized feeling side. It's time for me to share an experience. It's time to be a little vulnerable. You know what? It's just time. For the women readers of this newsletter, this piece may seem foreign at first, but I'm assuring you that it matters to you as much as it does to me and to men in general, because men are a part of the family and safety structure for most of us. I call this piece an uncivilized journey. What does it mean to go on a journey? Is it to leave home and see a new physical place and return home with a new perspective and memories? Is it to leave your body and travel through your mind, through the eyes of another, as in a book, poem, or movie? Is it a shared experience? Is it solitary? Is it good for you and your future? Is it bad? To me, the answer is simple. It is that a journey is any and all things that change your perspective after being witnessed, felt, and incorporated in some fashion within you. I have been on a journey of sorts for years to find a better version of myself, to be, as Mark Sylvester says, 1% better today than yesterday. But I'm not sure that I even understood the question, let alone the journey, over that time. What am I really seeking? What is 1% better? Knowing more medicine? Check. Starting and completing projects? Check. Exercise and eating healthy? Check. Avoiding toxic substances and toxic people? Check. Trying to be a good husband, partner, father, son, etc.? Check. But despite all of this, why am I still looking? There's always more to learn, more exercise to do, and another project to tackle. Why then am I still looking? Ah, such is life in questions. The thought that came to me is transformation. I'm still looking to transform how, somehow. Something is still missing. Usher in man uncivilized. Men are not particularly vulnerable. Doctors less so. I am no exception. I appear to many of my patients, friends, and colleagues as sympathetic and vulnerable when I am holding the hand of an ill child or consoling a parent in their grief. But am I really there in the moment? Am I really feeling the pain of a child or parent? Am I truly helping them process their grief by holding space and emotional energy for them? For years, I would have said yes, despite having limited formal education, understanding self-grief, vulnerability, and release. Where did these experiences go? Now I am not so sure. I have seen too many deaths and sick children to count out loud. They came and went while I continued to work for the next child, next adolescent, next parent. I stayed focused and present for each new need, as that is what is expected of me. Thirty years have passed since I entered medical school. Did I ever truly deal with each emotional charged situation? Did I mourn them? Or did these experiences just get shoved away somewhere dark in the recesses of my mind or my body? Did I do what most men do? compartmentalize and wall off pain and feelings. In April, I began a new chapter in my journey. I flew to Austin, Texas. 
to spend five days on a ranch with 29 men that I'd never met before. The idea was simple. I wanted to understand what it truly means to be a man in modern times, to be in tune with all aspects of my life's experiences, to hide from nothing, to protect, to live authentically, to move past trauma and pain if and where it existed, to be a man uncivilized, to better understand the idea behind the decision to go forth. I give you the words of Traver Boehm. Quote, There was a time just a few years ago when men had to choose between two outdated and broken options. Be the lone wolf and die alone with a chest full of unexpressed emotions and a wake of broken relationships behind him. A man who thinks the feminine is weakness and weakness is unbearable. He misunderstands that within his weaknesses lie his greatest strengths. Or be the sensitive new age nice guy and have a million bestest girlfriends now living as the wolf in sheep's clothing. A man who thinks the masculine is terrifying and is forced to deny every aspect of his own manhood. If you are a nice guy, you are living someone else's life. But the truth wasn't in these two options, was it? I knew it. Most men knew it. We just couldn't find it. And until you have your own back, you can't truly have anybody else's. What if there was an option for men to break out of the caged lives and become free? A good man, a strong man, a whole man. The men in our current civilized society have a problem, and the solution won't be found in that same civilized world. I felt called to create a solution for men to break free of all the pains the civilized world created. It was time to empower men to be uncivilized. The uncivilized man is unapologetically male, dangerous but not a danger, makes still his mind, makes savage his body, knows his gifts grow in the garden of his wounds, practices presence and performance honors the men before him, the women who bore him, and the children who will inherit this earth, has equal and easy access to his head, heart, and balls, lives by the rule, there are no rules, but there is responsibility, loves fiercely, openly, and without reservation, knows strength without love is tyranny, knows love without strength is victimhood, lives an unapologetic life, of passion and purpose, end quote. My purpose on this segment of my journey was to see the truth in these statements. It will only cost me five days and a little bit of money, a worthy cost for a potential outcome benefit. Can men live in this modern dysfunctional world with integrity, authenticity, protective power, and still tap into the soft and vulnerable side of themselves? This is sorely missing in male society and even more so in the Marlboro Man archetype of male-dominated medicine from which I was born. Here begins a tale of gathering, a fellowship of sorts without a ring. Just men as they are and the three fellowship leaders with incredible wisdom. Trevor Boehm, Dewey Freeman, and Michael Gay. How to tell this tale will be a mighty challenge. But here it goes. The collective group had one common theme. Men. We were tall and short. Long-haired and short-haired. Skinny and muscular. Outgoing and quiet. Light-skinned and dark. Deep-voiced and less so. And so many of the differences 
that commonalities were uncommon. We work and have worked in the military and police forces as accountants, singers, doctors, business entrepreneurs, and so much more. When I sat down with these strangers for the first time, I had little to no a priori knowledge of the group's focus other than having read Traber's book, Man Uncivilized. I purposely chose to limit my knowledge in order to be a blank slate from which to draw and learn. However, the blank slate was not blank for long. Rapidly, we began to learn the philosophy of a newer man that shuns old archetypes in favor of a more balanced approach of the primal and the divine, the male and female energies linked in balance. The Marlboro man is too tough and not soft when called upon by his partner or child, whereas the nice guy is unable to access strength and protection when called upon for his loved ones. When I think about nature, balance is always the key to long-term survival and health. Not enough sleep is a major drag on metabolism and immune health. Too much sleep has its own consequences. Sedentary behavior is a net negative, while overtraining is also a net negative. Eat too much food and suffer weight dysfunction and metabolic ill health. Eat too little and wither away. Therefore, why would it not be so for man's inner feelings? We see men all over the United States lost in the old archetypes and miserably living day by day. The police officer is excellent at his craft but unable to rematriculate into home living because of the stress of the job, visualized death, and injurious risk. No softness with which to handle the young child's or partner's needs. No ability to hold space and be a rock of support with tenderness. The commonly used phrase, tough it up buttercup, no longer serves for anyone in the relationship. Or the doctor who has bottled up experience of death and illness. Headaches of modern medical systems dysfunction to a point that he is numb to his family's perceived pain as not bad enough to warrant sympathy or empathy. And so on. These are real stories happening everywhere in society. Men are not learning or developing the tool sets to be a functional part of the family or and society in a balanced way. This is not to say that they're trying nor motivated to be there for their loved ones. Therein lies the tragedy, the pain of wanting to be there without a toolkit from which to draw from. The shame of inability is very difficult for men. It leads to a lot of bad habits to self-soothe. We know them all too well. Alcohol, sex, drugs, workaholism, aggression, etc. Knowing that all these old dysfunctions are not serving men made the newer view seem interesting and worthy of further study. Thus, we began a five-day experience whereby men looked deep within themselves and opened doors to far locked away parts of themselves in order to find balance to competing forces, the primal and the divine. In my estimation, most men are in touch with their primal side through work, sport, competition, sex, and so much more. But how do they entertain the divine energy? The answer is that most do not. Many men have no idea how to keep both aspects of their ethos in balance. They can work hard at their career craft, exercise ad nauseum, but have limited capacity to feel for others at an emotional level, especially when talking to women or girls. This is a problem. This is also not age dependent. The advanced age individual likely just has more memories and frustrations to draw from for victimhood or self-negativity. Usher in man uncivilized. Men present themselves as they are, 
over the five-day event, whether they are imbalanced as the Marlboro Man or Nice Guy Archetype. There is no judgment. It is a time to strip away the masks of who you think that you are to please others or yourself and look for a new balance. Point. Dewey, Michael, and Traver lead men down a pathway of identifying the point of imbalance within the participants, owning whatever it is, and working to undo the stories that we tell ourselves to deal with it. Men are supporting men during this process. They step up for each other as they struggle with feeling emotions for the first time in a long time. There's a massive power in the collective male support regardless of the issue at hand. What happens at these events stays between the men, so I cannot share their experiences as a point of understanding, but I can share mine. Again, as a practicing physician, feeling loss has not been my forte over the years. Therefore, when a participant struggled with his experiences around death, I began to feel emotions bubbling up from places unknown. I re-experienced my exposures to death over the years in a safe environment loaded with support. Processing these lost emotions for the first time in decades was difficult but cathartic. The ability to see, feel, and process these emotions allowed me to leave the experience lighter and more balanced. Hopefully, this has opened a door to process future events in a more balanced way for myself, the child, and the parents. There were many other mirroring experiences for me based on weight of expectations, support, and frustration all of which stirred emotional shifts that were previously not well known to me. Each person had their own experience in their own way with one commonality, the support of 29 other men. That strength in number cannot be replicated in a traditional one-on-one counseling or therapeutic model. Speaking for myself, this experience was and is Beautiful, tiring, cathartic, moving, feeling, seeking, loving, and growing. Outside of this interactive part of the experience lies a traditional lecture and group discussion model whereby the essence of the balance between the primal and the divine are discussed at length. Some of the highlights of this reality are 1. That it takes contact to lead to connection, which leads to relationship, which ultimately leads to what all humans want intimacy. This occurs over time, and that time constant leads to consistency and safety, the ability to connect with another human on a deeper level that is safe, vulnerable, and real. In a word, happiness. This is a truth. Two, an uncivilized man has a relationship with his pain and knows how to handle it in a balanced and stable way. The pain does not turn into anger, abuse, addiction, controlling behavior, weakness, manipulation, arrogance, passivity, spiritual bypass, and always giving to get. The uncivilized man is resolute, a protector, authentic, unapologetic, purposeful, emotionally tuned, empathic, compassionate, loving, supportive, engaged, and strong. Number three, be soft and accepting while releasing pain and loving your family and friends in their struggle. Avoid surrender, weakness, and becoming a lone wolf. Four, stop playing the victim, blaming others, and own your part of every dance. Be the loving protector of your wife, girlfriend, and or children. They need you to be strong emotionally and physically so they can work through their concerns. 
Five, aim to avoid controlling behavior which is not trustworthy. Engender to be trustworthy first, whereby power can be balanced, influential, and bidirectional. Power struggles and a lack of trust or relationship kryptonite. Upon returning home to North Carolina, I sat down to journal my values for the next 50 years of my life, God willing. Here they are. Live in power and not in control. Live softer with more solid structure, including boundaries and safety. Forgive self for mistakes that I will make in the future while accepting my imperfect self. Let masks of former self and adaptive child fade away over time. Focus most of my attention on children and their health despite the broken medical business model and the system that frustrates me eternally. Action and behavior are far more important than words. I will seek to find and hold space while accepting the emotional work and process of my family and friends. Do not give up self and authenticity to connect and or attach with another as that is a mask and fake to you. Teach the youth as often as possible as you head toward elderhood. No one deserves my frustration and anger. Thus, I will contain and prevent it from affecting others at all times. To be value-based is to be an authentic and uncivilized man that values relationship, intimacy, and love above the current archetypes that no longer serve us. My current day-to-day work revolves around feeling the realities of others in my sphere of life. With my children and my wife, I'm learning to hold more space as opposed to always trying to fix the issue immediately. This is a tall task for a lifelong dedicated fixer. When my modus operandi at work has been to listen and fix where possible, that reality is less functional at home and with loved ones. I find that my father's passing has made me more reflective on his ability to hold space for others where I struggled and struggle to do so. The other great aspect of the evolving new outlook is that there are many ways to make a great and fulfilling existence, whether through health and other pathways. We need to continue to offer others grace as they progress through their paths of healing. I hope that I've effectively portrayed the reality of this profound and moving experience. If you are interested and motivated to be a better man, then look into the world of the uncivilized man. It may be just the best thing that you do this year. Section 2 Fathers Shared Letters from Folks About Their Father Dear Dad, December 2013 Leave nothing left unsaid. That is what someone advised me, and when we realized our time with you is limited. As angry as I am about all the suffering you have had to endure these last several months, I am grateful that we have had time to share our appreciation and love for you. Many people do not have this luxury. Where to start? You have always been an amazing dad. You are our biggest cheerleader. From the time I scored my first goal and only goal to getting good grades in school. You're always there encouraging us along the way and letting us know we could do anything we set our minds to. One of my favorite phrases from our early years was, can't, never did anything. You helped teach important lessons about friendships and the value of family. 
We know how much you love and treasure your big family. And though we never got to meet Grandma and Grandpa Armstrong, you told stories that helped us feel like we did know them. You instilled us with confidence and love that made us who we are today. Other memories I treasured as we got older. Advice on the gophers I dated. Playing tennis together as a father-daughter duo, particular performance at the IBM tournament we played together. And of course, all the great family time spent at Sanibel. Though I don't like to bring up my one brief run in with the law, I will never forget when you came to pick me up that night. The first thing you did was give me a huge hug, which is exactly what I needed most at that moment. I will also never forget the hardest part about going off to college was seeing your tears the day you and mom took me to Miami. I will always hold dear the letter you wrote to me on my 21st birthday and another one you wrote to me after a broken heart. No matter my age and how far away I was, I always felt your love and support and knew you were looking out for me. Which reminds me, whose dad would be willing to take a long, grueling bus ride from Indiana to Hilton Head just so his daughter wouldn't have to make the drive back home at the end of summer alone? There were a few more long drives we took together, and boy, do I wish we could do a few more. From teaching me to not hang out too long in the fast lane to watching you make fast friends while pumping gas and all the words shared in between. I enjoyed those trips more than you know. I am also so thankful for the wonderful grandpa you are to all your grandkids. You and mom were right there for me when we got the unexpected news that Dylan was going to come early. You both went shopping and even helped to finish the nursery while we were still in the hospital. And when David had to spend significant time overseas, you and mom were available if I needed your help. And I was always so grateful for your visits. From taking a little Dylan to his donuts for dads at preschool, when David couldn't be there, to sitting through long dance recitals to see Meredith perform, you once again demonstrate your love for your family. How can I not mention your love for the grand dogs too? From Nala to Max to Beegs to Darby. They all loved when you came to visit as they knew who would give them lots of love and attention. I will always be grateful, too, for you and Mom adopting Beegs while we were living in Ireland. As much as I hated not taking him with us, I knew there was no better place he could be. Clearly, my love of animals came directly from you. I could go on and on with life lessons you taught, the character traits you exemplify, and the unwavering love and dedication to your family. Bottom line... I am proud to be your daughter and will love you forever. I love you, Dad. Delta Dawn. She had an addendum nine years later. Wow, I wrote this letter just a couple short weeks before my dad passed away and hadn't quite finished it when he suddenly left this earth. When we were going to visit him over Christmas, I wanted to give him this letter at that time. He passed away December 19th, 2013. Though I never had the opportunity to share it with him, I know, without a doubt, he already knew all these things and how much he was loved and admired. Reading my good friend Chris's memories of his father brought this back to me and led me to want to share it with someone in memory of a wonderful dad and in honoring my friend's great loss. My friend, we are so lucky to have such wonderful men and role models as our fathers. God bless you and your family, and thank you for the opportunity to share this again. So, this beautiful story puts an end to issue number 22 of the Salisbury Pediatric Newsletter. The song of the week is Gold All Over the Ground by Brad Paisley. 
And as always, hug those kids. Have a great day. Now for the disclaimer. The information provided in this newsletter is for educational and informational purposes only. This audio cast is not a substitute for advice or treatment provided by your physician or other healthcare professional and is not to be used to diagnose or treat a health issue and does not constitute the formation of any provider-patient relationship. Take care.